may be tempting to believe that God ain't paying attention. It may be tempting to think that God is not listening. But can I make an announcement this morning and tell you that God doesn't operate by our deadlines. God operates by purpose. God doesn't operate by deadlines, but God operates by divine intention. And not only does God have a better plan, but he has a bigger plan. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Come and join us in the sanctuary as we listen in on a dynamic word from our senior pastor, Dr. Gina M. Stewart. I want to talk about yes, but not yet. Last week, we looked at how God remembered his promises to Zechariah and Elizabeth and sent them good news while Zechariah worshiped in the holy place. As Zechariah offered up the incense of worship, God interrupted his regularly scheduled program, and how many of you know God will do it, to bring Zechariah a special bulletin. The special bulletin was that these two sterling representatives of the righteous remnant of faithful Israel would be blessed with a son despite their old age and Elizabeth's barrenness. While serving in the temple, Zechariah received a life-altering announcement. They would finally see the fulfillment of their prayers. And how many of you know there's nothing better than sin the fulfillment of your prayers. Nothing greater, no greater gift than praying for something and God finally sending an answer. While serving in the temple, Zechariah found out that not only would they have a son, but their son would be a prophet who would be a forerunner to the Messiah. After 400 years, Deacon Kelly of silent waiting for the Messiah and an infinite number of years of waiting for a child, God breaks the silence, tells Zechariah that his prayers have been heard. I've been reading that all week. That one verse, ain't Maddie, has blessed me all week. The angel appeared to Zechariah and said, don't be afraid for your prayers have been heard. I know I'm not the only one in here this morning who has prayed for something for so long with no clue, no revelation, no vision, no signal, no, no smoke signal, no word from God, no news, nothing but silence is all I got. Confusing, complicated, and complex silence. And I have asked God, I know you have too, God, do you hear me? Come on, tell the truth this morning. Are you paying attention to me? Is there anybody here who has ever wondered if God was really paying attention to your prayers? Especially when all you hear, Sheila, is silence. I know I have. That's why I've been meditating on that verse. That's why that one verse has been resonating with me all week long. Your prayers have been heard. 
Because most of us who have any kind of prayer life, who believe that prayer works, who believe that prayer changes things, knows how frustrating it is, Reverend Lisa, to wait on God and the silence that accompanies it. We know how tempting it can be to interpret God's silence as a no. That's right, Mary Tucker. As indifference, as apathy, or that God is just plain old ignoring us. And when this happens, I came to help somebody, it can be very easy to grow weary and worn from our persistent Jean Bronson wear, obedience and intercession. We cry, we beg, we pout. I'm going to get to you in a minute. We throw temper tantrums. We, we go on strike with God. We, we stop lifting up holy hands. We, we stop reading our Bible and we stop praying. We even stop coming to church. We pour out our hearts to God, but in spite of what we do, Jackie, nothing happens. We face sleepless nights, but it seems that God is oblivious to our suffering. And sometimes all we want, we want manifestation. Do I have any help in here? We want to know that, that the miracle is coming. But sometimes if I could just know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if God would just make it abundantly clear. That my prayers are not hitting the ceiling, I'd feel a whole lot better. Sometimes we just need to know because that our prayers have been heard. But unfortunately, if you walk with God any length of time, you probably have discovered that God is often silent when we want him to speak. For God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. M. Craig Barnes says to live with the sacred God of creation means that we must conduct our lives and live with a God who does not always offer explanations. As bad as we want one, as much as we think we're entitled to one, to live with the sacred God is to live with a God who often offers no explanations. It means to worship a God who is often too mysterious to fit our formulas, and I would also add, who does never, who never, ever gets in a hurry to operate on my timetable. Am I helping anybody in here? But the angel, Gabriel, showed up, Delma, and reminds us that silence doesn't mean absence. And that just because God ain't saying nothing doesn't mean God ain't listening. And most importantly, the angel reminds us that silence doesn't have to have the last word in our lives. In a context of silence and waiting, the angel shows up at church. That's why you got to keep coming to church. <laughs> and says to Zachariah, Mother McGee, your prayer has been heard. And inquiring minds won't know. Now, we don't ask this too much because some of us have bought into this milieu and this theological perspective and, and this idea that God doesn't like for us to ask questions. So we don't really ask them out loud, but we ask them in our head. And there are inquiring minds that want to know. I know some of you have asked the question. I'll ask it for you. If you heard me, God, what took you so long to answer? If you were listening, how come you didn't come last week? Why didn't you answer a month ago? How come you didn't show up when I needed you? I feel like Mary. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. And Martha. The text said that Zechariah and Elizabeth were advanced in age. And, and, and Bible times, they married early. And girls often married as early as 12 and 13. Which means that if that's the case, they've been married a long time. 
And, and they, they've been married a long time and they've been barren for a long time. And this presents a significant dilemma. We know that they were consecrated. We know they were committed. We know they were pious and priestly. But we also know that infertility was viewed as a sign of God's judgment. So the question is, if they're so righteous, St. Cherry, how come they don't have any children? You know, that's the first thing we really ask God. If I've been so good, if I've been so faithful, how come I'm not getting what I want? How come it's taking you so long, ain't nobody talking to me, to answer my prayer? If I've been so righteous and so pious and so, and so faithful and so dependable and so consecrated and committed, why is the sign on my life suggest that I am out of your will? And if you're listening, if you're listening, if you're listening, because the devil wants you to think he ain't listening. If you're listening, what takes took you so long? Circumstances like this will cause most people to give up. Circumstances like this will cause most people to get discouraged. In fact, Zechariah's response suggests that circumstances caused him to question whether having a son was even possible. Because in the text, he asked the angel, how can I be sure? In other words, Zechariah said, I know I'm old and, say, and Elizabeth's womb is barren. In other words, your word is not good enough. We've been dealing with this a long time. And even the angel admits that Elizabeth is advanced in age in verse 36. But the angel says, somebody said, but the angel says, your prayer has been heard. What makes it problematic is that they had to wait so long for the fulfillment. How many of you here know waiting on God is hard? How many of you know waiting on God will test your limits? How many of you know that waiting on God will test your faith? I wish I had somebody in here. How many of you know that waiting on God will cause you to orchestrate some stuff and make you design some stuff and engineer some stuff that you will later on regret? Touch your neighbor and say, it's hard waiting on God. We live in a world of fast food meals and high-speed internet and quick solutions, and because of this, waiting is tough. Sometimes if we don't get a quick answer to our problems, like wanting a child or a mate or a new job or a house or a raise or a breakthrough or a deliverance, we'll take matters into our own hands. How many times have I heard women say, well, if I'm not married by a certain age, I'm just going to get pregnant and have me a baby. Don't matter that they ain't married. Don't matter that God says y'all to wait till you get married. They just decide that because God is not operating off their timetable, they're just going to go and have them a baby anyhow. Decide not to wait on God. How many times have we gotten desperate because we wanted a spouse, because we wanted a husband, because we wanted somebody to say that we, stop saying that we were old maids or wondering if something was wrong with our sexuality, that we just end up marrying anything because somebody told us that a piece of a man or a piece of a woman was better than no woman or man at all. The devil is a liar. I wish I had somebody to talk to me this morning. How many of you know that when you wait on God for a long time, I feel my help right here. That it can be easy to get stuck, to get caught in a holding pattern, and it's tempting to take matters into our own hands. But touch your neighbor and say, but don't panic. Because a delay is not a denial. Oh, there was a good place for somebody to clap their hands and give God some praise. A delay, somebody say a delay. A delay, a delay is not a denial. It may be tempting to believe that God ain't paying attention. It may be tempting to think that God is not listening. But can I make an announcement this morning and tell you that God doesn't operate by our deadlines. God operates by purpose. 
God doesn't operate by deadlines, but God operates by divine intention. And not only does God have a better plan, but he has a bigger plan. And without a doubt, the divine delay, that's really what we're looking at. This is the concept that you're looking at in this text. As Zechariah and Elizabeth are waiting for a son or waiting for a baby is divine delay. And divine delay often comes disguised as God procrastinating. Have you ever wondered if God had a procrastination problem? It often comes disguised as if God is ignoring us, or God is indifferent, or God is apathetic. In fact, it's what the devil wants you to believe. In a time of waiting, the devil wants us to believe that God has forgotten us. I'm sure there were days that Zechariah and Elizabeth thought that God had forgotten them. But the text lets us know that they remain steadfast. They remain unmovable, and they found out that their time of silence and waiting had a purpose. It was not yet the right time. And the reason why they had to wait so long, don't miss this, because some of y'all in a waiting room, and you need to hear this. The reason why they had to wait so long for their son is because their son's birth was not just about them. Their son's birth was tied to a larger plot. It was tied to a sacred narrative. Their son's birth was tied to a much bigger stage in the salvific drama. Zachariah's prayer could not be answered until the prayers of the world would be answered. Because Zachariah's son, John the Baptist, would be the forerunner of Jesus the Christ. In other words... God had already answered their prayers, but the answer was not necessarily no, but not yet. I came to help somebody this morning. Who am I talking to this morning? The folk that have prayed and cried and prayed and cried. And you said that you didn't think your prayer was answered. You thought you had been abandoned. You have spoken your, you thought you had spoken your needs in the air. But I've come to tell you this morning. That you have expressed your desires to a God who sees, a God who hears, and a God who cares. It is possible that you are somebody who's been praying for a miracle and you feel like you've been waiting in vain. Perhaps you feel like God has let you down. Every time you get ready to pray, you say to yourself, why am I praying about this again? Doesn't appear that God is going to ever bother with this. Doesn't appear that God is regarding my request. It doesn't appear that God takes my issue seriously. And you're tempted to throw in the towel and take matters into your own hands because it looks like God has passed you by. How do I know how you feel? Because I've had a seat in God's waiting room. And you know being in God's waiting room is almost like being in the waiting room at the doctor's office, at the dentist's office. When you're waiting for your car to be serviced. How many of you know there's nothing worse than you getting to the doctor's office and they calling somebody else's name and they got there after you? Come on, I know some of you Negroes in here go up to the reception desk. I ain't got nobody to help me right here. And you wants to know how come they calling them? I've been here since 10 and they just got here. About talking to me at five minutes to 12, and I just want to know I pays my money like everybody else. I support this. I want to. Is there anybody in here who know what it's like to be in God's waiting room? Who know what it's like? Who am I talking to? To have your dream deferred for so long that it no longer seems possible. You get angry, you can get bitter, you can run ahead of God, or stand, you can wait. Hey. And here's why you need to wait. 
Because a delay is not necessarily a denial. The Bible said that we have need of patience so that after we have done the will of God, Lord have mercy, we might receive the promise. The Bible said that in just a little while, woo, he that shall come will come. That though the vision tarry, it shall come and it will not lie. Who am I talking to this morning? If you discourage because of God's delay, if you're tired of waiting and it looks like the answer is not going to come, I stopped by here on my way to Mississippi Boulevard to tell you that God has not forgotten about you, to tell you that the answer may not be no, but not yet. Oh, you ought to put your hands together and give him some praise. You ought to just look at somebody and say, it may not be no, but it may be not yet. Can I help somebody for just a few minutes that I got left? To tell you that part of becoming spiritually mature is learning the difference between no and not yet. Part of becoming spiritually mature is learning the difference between a denial and a delay. And I need to help somebody and tell you that you got to be mighty careful in your seasons of waiting. Because it's real easy to misdiagnose what God is up to and miss out on what God is trying to do. To miss what God is working out behind the scenes. Too often we interpret delay for denial and our inability to wait, to trust God's timing is one of the greatest weapons that the devil uses to tempt us into moving prematurely and moving outside of God's will. One of the lessons that God is teaching me is that his delay may not so be so much a test of his faithfulness as much as it is a test of my patience. Uh, we ain't going to shout here. But let me work this ground just for five more minutes. Patience is defined as the capacity and the willingness to endure pain, hardship, difficulty, provocation, or annoyance with calmness. It is the ability to be tolerant and understanding of others while continuing to persevere and be constant in one's purpose. It means to be unswerving. It means to have a weeble-wobble anointing. That even though I may wobble in the midst of my struggle, I won't fall down. It means to have a deliberate fixation, to be faithful to God Lord, have mercy, in spite of what stuff looked like. And to be committed to a lifetime of fidelity and piety, in spite of the fact that I'm going through trials and suffering. Zechariah and Elizabeth patiently endured their season of suffering. They patiently endured their season of waiting. And how do you know that we live in some times where patience is not easily cultivated? Matter of fact, the Bible said that patience is a fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, which means that most believers ought to have it. But how many of you know that even the believer struggles with being patient? The reason why is because fruit has to be cultivated. And fruit can take years to ripen. Our culture of instant gratification doesn't produce patience as an instant virtue. In fact, this age of technology, with instant access to nearly everything, Patience is a virtue that is often underrated and rarely celebrated. You know why? Because we want everything right now. Bring it to me now. Fix it now. Open a door now. Heal me now. Touch me now. Bless me now. Cancel my bills now. We treat God like a bellhop. 
a celestial veil hop, a divine concierge who hopscotches from glory to delight us and give us everything we want on a silver platter. Because we think that the only thing that God exists to do is delight us with no strings attached. But can I tell you this morning that God's aim is not to delight us, but to develop us. And sometimes God can't develop us if he's always delighting us. I see it's getting quiet in here because it ain't popular preaching. Because we want to hear that our money is coming and our job is coming. And we're going to get the house and the car and the husband and the wife by the end of December 31st. We even throw scriptures and wrote money on the altar because we think that God is going to respond according to our delight. But can I help somebody this morning? And tell you that you don't learn how to trust God when he acts like Santa Claus. You don't learn how to trust God when he acts like a celestial bellhop. I've come to tell you that before you take matters in your own hand, before you do something you'll regret later, be patient. Tell somebody, I said be patient. And learn how to wait on God. I just want to encourage somebody this morning to keep praying when the answer doesn't come. To be content in whatever your context. To hold your head up when you've been beat down, to shout hallelujah in the midst of your hardship, to be focused in the face of distraction, to be faithful in the face of unfulfillment, to hold on to God's unchanging hand, and to keep serving God when you can't hear from God. Oh, you ought to yank somebody by the hand and tell them I need patience. All of us are waiting on something, waiting on way with children, Waiting on our jobs, waiting on the love of our lives, waiting on a healing, waiting on employment, waiting on our needs to be filled. Ah, uh, but I hear the writer say, you have need of patience so that after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Is there anybody in here this morning that can tell the truth that some of your best lessons, you didn't learn them in your pleasure, but you learned them in your pain. It wasn't when you got the house. It wasn't when the healing came. It wasn't when you got through struggle. It wasn't when the struggle was over, but it was in your hurt. It was in your tears. Lord, I feel like preaching. It was in your disappointment that you learn how to lean on Jesus. You ought to yank somebody and hope to them and tell them through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Can I preach like I feel it? I've learned to trust in God. Is there anybody in here that has ever prayed? You waited for the Lord and the answer came. Do I have anybody that can give him praise? That if you wait on God, if you hold out until tomorrow, if you keep the faith through the night, if you hold out until tomorrow, everything is going to be all right. He will come and he won't tarry. Do not cast away your confidence for it has great recompense of great reward. For he that shall come will come and he won't be late. You ought to just touch somebody and say, God ain't never late. He's always on schedule. He's always, I feel like preaching, on time. Is there anybody in here got a testimony that I waited patiently 
For the Lord, he snatched me out of a harbor pit, set my feet upon a rock, and established my going. And he put a new song in my mouth. Is there anybody here that can give him praise that he'll show up? And when he shows up, he'll show out. You ought to yank somebody and say, don't quit. You come too far. Just when you think God has forgotten, he'll show up. Won't send a signal. Won't send an announcement. Won't send a news flash. But suddenly, somebody says suddenly. It's in the text. The Bible says that while Zechariah was burning incense, God showed up in an angel. One translation says suddenly the angel showed up. One translation says very quickly, immediately, God showed up. What am I saying? God doesn't have to announce when he gets ready to flip your script. He'll show up suddenly. Is there anybody in here? You ought to grab somebody. Say, he will flip your script. He'll do it quicker than right now, faster than in a hurry. Is there anybody in here that can throw your head back and say, not the yes is yes, but not yet. Just yank somebody and say, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. It's yes, but not yet. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy, unspeakable, joy is coming in the morning. Say yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray that you were tremendously blessed by the word. Like what you've heard? You can purchase this message by visiting www.christmbc.org store or by emailing us at orders at christmbc.org. Be sure to mention the title of the message. We are one church in two locations. Join us at one of our two locations at 8 a.m. at our east location at the Esplanade Memphis located at 901 Cordova Station, Cordova, Tennessee 38018 or at 10 a.m. at our south location located at 480 South Parkway East, Memphis, Tennessee 38106. May God continue to bless you is our prayer.